side. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No, Luke, I am your father. Man, what an epic line. Star Wars classic. Hello, cryptic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the author's journey with your boy, Gary Khan. It's so good to be back. Excited for this episode. We've changed the structure up, so we can try to do this one in under 10 minutes. I don't know if we'll make it. Let's see how well we do. First of all, a shout out to Julia from the UK. Your support means the world to me. You are counted amongst the best human beings alive. Those of the indigenous cryptic fan tribe. Ha-hoo. I so wanted to say Wakanda forever, but it doesn't apply here. Anyway, in this episode we explore the idea of plot twists and count down the top 5 best plot types in literature, according to the genius that is Gary Khan. And as an added bonus, I share with you how to write those plot twists. So stick with me, kid, and you'll go places. You will outdevil the devil, but be warned, plots are tricky. If you swing and miss, it will hurt your proverbial authorial flex. So I suggest as we begin that you only swing if you are ready to swing and ready to swing big. If that's you, then let's go. As with all things, we love to start with a bit of a definition to show our sophistication, yes. Okay, okay. I've been using Wikipedia a lot these days, but the later entries are on point. According to the wiki magicians, a plot twist is a literary technique that introduces a radical change in the direction or expected outcome of the plot in a work of fiction. When it happens near the end of a story, it is known as a twist or surprise ending. It may change the audience's perception of the preceding events or introduce a new conflict that places it in a different context. A plot twist may be foreshadowed to prepare the audience to accept it. There are a variety of methods used to execute a plot twist, such as withholding information from the audience or misleading it with ambiguous or false information. End quote. Now is that not amazing? That was some magic right there. Thank you, Wiki Magicians. Now, what we've all been waiting for, the top five countdown of the most amazing techniques. I'll say the number, then I'll say the true and proper literary term that we're using to describe the concept, because yes, I studied literature and I've got to flex those literature muscles so I don't lose it. But I'm also going to have a funny contextual nickname for the concept as well. So here we go. Let's start the count. Number five, anagnorisis, or who the hell are you? This is where the protagonist suddenly recognizes his or her or another character's true identity or nature. 
and it's usually unforeseen character information that's revealed. An example, Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk. The unnamed protagonist meets a mysterious man named Tyler Durden, and together they establish an underground fighting club as radical psychotherapy. Now, spoiler alert, the protagonist learns that they are actually Tyler Durden. What? I am the guy? Woo. Tyler Durden, we find out, is a figment of the character's imagination or the protagonist, and uh, it's an embodiment of him representing who he wanted to be. Split personality disorder, you know, my invisible best friend. Oh, I had one as well. Imaginary best friend. That's the term. Imaginary. Aha, not invisible. Exactly that. Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk has the concept there. Number five, love it, use it. It is a magnificent technique. Number four, non-linear narrative. Or, what the hell is going on? The author reveals the plot and characters in a non-chronological order, which requires the reader to piece together the timeline to fully understand the story. The twist comes in where information is held until the climax. We gain a new perspective that was unclear before. Now, two fantastic examples, series I both love, Lost and Westworld. Both run a collage of seemingly random events along a non-linear timeline and use flashbacks to help the audience piece together what the hell is going on. When the final piece of the puzzle falls together, we sit there with our mouths open, much like I did. I should have taken a selfie. And it just baffles our minds how we could have missed it all. Take Westworld, and again, spoiler alerts. We realize that the current timeline we are following with the handsome young cowboy is actually the past, and the flashbacks, inverted commas, are the current timeline, so actually they flash forwards, where he's much older. The character's the same person, and we just seeing their lives in different contexts, which just puts our context of the actual dolls in just weird mind-blowing mesmeration that's not a word but that's how mesmerized i was what what westworld check it out lost does the same thing mm, beautiful shows number three the unreliable narrator or what the hell are you saying an unreliable narrator is just that unreliable don't trust a damn thing he or she says the twist comes in the ending by revealing that the narrator has manipulated or fabricated the preceding story, which has us all questioning everything they told us. An example, Mr. Robot, which is the epitome of the unreliable narrator. Again, spoiler alerts. Elliot is a protagonist who guides us into stopping the big bad villain, Mr. Robot, a savage hacker, part of a malicious hacking group trying to bring down his company where he works. Only at the end we realize he is Mr. Robot. He has multiple personality disorder and didn't even know it himself. We flash back on certain moments throughout the show, showing us that Elliot was committing the crimes Mr. Robot was accused of. You sly son of a bitch. Number two, the red herring, or where the hell are you going? A red herring is a false clue intended to lead investigators toward an incorrect solution or an unsuspecting audience into the wrong conclusions. 
This is a classic misdirect designed to distract the protagonist and the audience. An example is from the book Primal Fear by William Dow, who writes about Aaron Stampler, an altar boy accused of murdering the Archbishop of Chicago. He's revealed to have dissociative identity disorder and not executed on the plea of insanity. Only later on, his uh, smart-ass lawyer figures out that he is not insane. He just feigned it masterfully to avoid the death penalty. Which hand is the piece of paper in, son? That was some smart shit on his part. And again, he shocked and surprised us as the audience. What? He's not insane? The whole time he's been acting like a madman. My gosh. Brilliant. And number one, peripatia, or just what the hell. This is a sudden reverse of the protagonist's fortune, whether good or bad, that emerges naturally from the circumstances. It's got to be logical, it's got to fit part of the story, so you cannot just bring aliens out of nowhere. That doesn't make sense if you're writing a medieval tale without the concept or reference to aliens. Don't jump dimensions now unless that's exactly what the story is orientated around and has to be part of the context and allude to it. You need to sprinkle those magical gems across your writing. Fair, fair enough. But if that's not the case, if this is a standard typical medieval romance, don't bring aliens into the picture. But let me give you an example of a good use of Peripatia. Game of Thrones and the infamous Red Wedding. Now, if you haven't watched this and you're going to, Again, spoiler alert. How many times do I have to tell you this entire episode? It's just one big spoiler alert. Rob Stark and his family celebrate their victories over their enemies and the successful winning over of their last ally that they need to defeat their foes. And that's the House Frey. The, the main person they sign with uh, or, or, or bond with is Lord Walder Frey. Now, as they're celebrating Rob's betrothal to his new bride, after he dissed Walter Frey's uh, uh, daughter by rejecting her betrothal. And man, that girl was hideous. The Freys betray the Starks and massacre them after they are poisoned at that wedding. Imagine you go to your wedding and you poison at your own wedding and then they slaughter you and your entire family. Now that was revenge for declining the marriage proposal to Lord Walter Frey's daughter. Holy shit. So one second, everything is going up. It was at the point of that book where you were sitting back as fans of these brave defenders of the North. He's thinking, yes, finally, kicking ass and taking names, conquering evil. All was right with the world. Nothing to worry about. To celebrate love, happiness, marriage. And boom, the next second, everyone's reeling on the floor in agony. That is some serious peripatia bullshit right there. But boy, oh boy, was that well executed. If you haven't seen it, take a look. That shit is dope. Now, there are a ton of different types of plot twists that you can use. I only mentioned five that are my favorite in the order that I appreciate them. So check out which you might appreciate and enjoy. What was your favorite? Drop me a message on social media. Let's do this thing. Let's get social, guys. Okay, so now you know how to identify some concepts, some, some plot twist types. Fantastic. How do you go about writing these awesome things? There are a few steps, simple but not simplistic. 
And here we go. Step one, start with the end. Start with the big reveal, the ta-da moment. For example, you realize that your protagonist is the ghost that has been haunting a little boy at night all this time in your little novel that you're writing. Hashtag six cents. Okay. Step two, scatter the pieces, break up the reveal into smaller subtle clues. For example, a clue that your protagonist is the ghost could be that he never gets cold, but the boy always gets cold whenever he is around. Ooh, why does that happen? You need to be thinking in the back of your mind as a as a reader, hmm, that's strange, but not be able to identify that it's so strange that it means that he's a ghost, right? Don't make it too obvious. Also, maybe always have another ghost be around when the kid is seeing ghosts. Now, in that way, you're playing a little bit of hide and seek. So you're putting the thing in front of the reader and they're going, oh, he's cold whenever this guy's around. But you put a logical misdeception device in place to mask what's going on. Go, oh, there was a ghost, but he was also a ghost. Okay. See, when they look back, that's what they need to be thinking on your, on your, on your scene. But when you read it neutrally, not having read anything else, you need to be open to exploring the interpretations around that. Scatter the pieces, man. Scatter the pieces. Step three, foreshadow that shit. Dance that fine line of tempting your reader towards something but misdirect them always, as I just mentioned. This forms part of your normal plotting and subplotting process, but you have to be mindful to keep your clues visible but subtle. If readers can guess what is going to happen, you fail. If there are no clues that allude to your big reveal, you fail. The balance is fine, but the reward is divine. Step four, and the final step, after you've twisted away, Get your beta readers to specifically search for the various clues that reveal your plot twist. Once they've, of course, read the entire book, don't tell them there's a plot twist at the end and this is what happens. Spoiler alert, now read my book. They would be pretty pissed. Get as many readers as possible to read the book and if they find it too difficult or too easy, you have to adjust accordingly so that it hits just that perfect tone. You gotta go Goldilocks with this one, man. In conclusion, plotting twist is highly rewarding, but must be carefully considered if you are to incorporate it in your writing. There's a myriad of types of twists. Well, now that we say that... Oh man, I've wanted to play that song this entire time. How awesome! Okay, anyway, where was I? There are a myriad of plot twists and types of twists, yes. Check out the Wikipedia article in the description for more details on that. There are also four steps that will help you write plot gaps galore. My recommendation is that you practice by taking the formula from a well-known book or movie and changing the details, then hiding the clues throughout a short story that you craft and seeing if your beta or test readers can pick up on them. Break the exercise into component parts and crush that shit. Now, just like the song we just listened to, let's twist again like we did last summer. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to join the cryptic community. We would love to have you. All are welcome. All are welcome. Hello. Hello. The most awesome people on the planet are part of this group. 
also literary geniuses, film buffs galore, um, and generally all level of insane people. We don't we don't accept any sane people. We want the insane, the mad people, the inspired people, the rise, rise against the rising tide kind of people. Thank you, cryptic fans, for listening. And this is my time to say goodbye, but as the Zulu people often say, Hamba Kathle.